Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If you're listening to this on the day it actually airs, it's Prime Day. And we have a Prime Day special on our game, Family Face-Off. You can get the game discounted while supplies last on Amazon. We've got a link in the show notes. We love this game. It's actually great to play while you're home with your family for the summer, or you can take it on your next vacation. So check it out. Family Face-Off, Prime Day special. everybody, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness, and welcome to the Holderness Family Podcast. This is a very special episode. It is all about ADHD, and obviously, we think ADHD is awesome. If you have ADHD and it's your superpower, or maybe someone you love has ADHD, you can get your ADHD is awesome t-shirt in our shop. It is uh, one of my favorite designs. There's a squirrel on it, because <laughs> that's a little inside joke in our family. Um, and if you've watched uh, Up, it'll also make sense. But just go to holdernessfamily.com or click the link in the show notes. We also have an ADHD sticker in our sticker pack. So that's the gross, super salesy part of the podcast, but we love it and we just think ADHD is awesome. So check that out. Yeah, we're writing a book about ADHD for people who have it and people who live with people who have it. We have learned so much about what's going on in Penn's brain. And guys, it's not all that bad. Yeah, in fact, calling it a disorder or a deficit is doing the ADHD brain a great disservice. One of my main goals of writing the book was destigmatizing it and correcting the endless assumptions that people make about ADHD brains. And when starting my research for the book, I found that there's a doctor who's been doing that for decades. In fact, true story, um, when I was diagnosed with ADHD in the summer of 1995, the doctor reached behind his desk and handed me a book. He's like, it's a brand new book. It's like the first real book about ADHD, which was written in 1994, called Driven to Distraction. And he explained to me that the book would help me understand what was going on in my brain. Now, I was 21, and I was honestly on my way to Lollapalooza. True story. So what, what do you think happened to that book? 
Mm, it got used to, what did you use it as a pillow to sleep on? It was in the backseat of my car for who knows how long. And at that age, when something went in the backseat of my car. It just gone, disappears. Right. It was like a graveyard. Anyway. Still, so by the way, at this age, that happens. I know. I'm, I'm trying to get better. Yeah. But then the problem is my son is in the backseat and he adds to the graveyard. Yeah. Anyway, 27 years later, that book remains one of the quintessential books about ADHD. And its author is about to join us. His name is Ned Hallowell. And he's not just an amazing, prolific author on this topic, but he has ADHD himself and dyslexia, and he's an ADHD coach. Dr. Ned Hollowell is a board-certified child and adult psychiatrist and world authority on ADHD. He has spent the past four decades helping thousands of adults and children live happy and productive lives through his strength-based approach to neurodiversity. And like I said, has ADHD himself. Dr. Hollowell is a New York Times bestselling author and has been featured on 20 2020, 60 Minutes, Oprah, PBS, CNN, The Today Show, Dateline, Good Morning America, and now the Holderness Family Podcast, obviously. <laughs> uh, he's a graduate of Harvard College and Tulane Medical School and was a Harvard Medical School faculty member for 21 years. He is the founder of the Hollowell ADHD Centers in Boston, Metro West, New York City, San Francisco, Palo Alto, and Seattle. Woo. Welcome to the show, Dr. Hallowell. Wonderful to be with you. Thank you so much. Okay, everyone has a story about when they knew that they had ADHD. I'm going to tell you mine really quickly, Dr. Hallowell. I was at the wake. Please call me Ned. This Dr. Hallowell stuff will get awfully cumbersome. Bingo. Okay. We'll do it. I appreciate that. We'll do it. We'll do it. (laughs) That's great. Okay. So Ned, thank you for that. It will make it easier. Everyone's got a story about when they knew they had ADHD. Mine, I was at my grandmother's wake and all of my cousins and aunts and uncles were talking about what to do about this beach trip that we were supposed to take every summer. It was incredibly sad. We were talking about the end of an era and I got so stressed out. I didn't even realize uh, what I was doing until my aunt said, Penn, why are you chewing on that fly swatter? Um, (laughs) And that was when I, I... talked to my parents and said, I think there's something going on in my brain. And I went to a doctor. He um, gave me your book, Driven to Distraction. This was 1995. Because because I have ADHD, I think I just left it in the back of my car and (laughs) never really read it until, uh, like dabbled into it until we started working on this book. And I've seen so many great things that I've learned independently and also through your book. But one of those things is your story about how you knew you had ADHD and was hoping that you could share that with us now as well. Well, mine is is not representative. And, and that's why I don't tell it often. But if you want me to, I'll, I'll tell it. I had received all my education. I had gone to Exeter, which is a prep school in New Hampshire, very rigorous, uh, you know, tough school that you wouldn't think of uh, as being a place where someone who has ADD and dyslexia like me could do well, but I excelled there. And then I went to Harvard, which is another place that, you know, you don't, you don't think of as uh, being a hotbed of people with learning differences, although it is. And then I went off to medical school, another, you know, you'd think, well, that, and then I did fine in medical school. And then I came back to Harvard for my training in residency in psychiatry. And it wasn't until 1981 I started a fellowship, you know, so post-residency training in child psychiatry that uh, I heard a lecture on this condition that I'd never heard of called ADD. It was called ADD then. And, um, 
and I realized that that was me. But I also realized the medical model, the deficit disorder model, left out all the good parts. But that's to that stands to reason because medicine is about pathology. You don't go to the doctor because you feel so good, <laughs> although you, you, we probably should have doctors who do that. Mm-hmm. So the, the the pathology model is fine. It, it details all the things that can go wrong, but it says nothing about all the things that can go right. And I realized that not only did most doctors not know about this condition, but most people didn't know about this condition, including uh, teachers and parents and the people who really should know. And in fact, what they were working with was a very destructive moral model. And and that moral model has plagued uh, civilization from the beginning of time. And the moral model basically says whatever deficiency you exhibit in terms of cognition, emotion, or behavior, the solution is to be found in trying harder. Mm -hmm. Hard work always helps. It helps everything. But Telling someone with this condition to try harder is is about as helpful as telling someone who's <laughs> nearsighted to squint harder. Yeah. It, 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 it misses the point. And, and, but that's a fundamental point that people are missing all the time in, in couples uh, where ADD is not, uh, is not diagnosed. The non-ADD person constantly takes personally the ADD person forgetting their birthday or forgetting to follow through on a promise they made or forgetting, uh, you know, when their anniversary is. You know, and, and, it, and, it's, uh, and then I explain this to them, don't take it personally, and say, well, is he going to be able to use this as an excuse? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, it's not an excuse. He's got to figure out ways to remember these things. But it is a powerful explanation. And that explanation takes you from the world of the moral diagnosis of accusation, punishment, shame, and guilt into the world of, of medical diagnosis, where we're talking about a, a difference that you can't help, uh, so you shouldn't be blamed for. You still have to work to correct it, but it's not your fault. It's not your choice. Uh, nobody with ADD chooses to be careless or neglectful, because I was living proof of it, that, that the, the notion that if you do well in school, you can't have ADD, and that's just simply not true. Uh, like I said, I did very well in school, and I have ADD and dyslexia. So anyway, that's a long answer, but you asked me my story. That That's my story. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think it definitely demonstrates that there is a spectrum to what how ADHD and dyslexia can express themselves. As somebody who I, I'm partnered and I'm parenting people with ADHD, and I totally understand saying trying harder does not work because I know that saying trying harder, I, I know it doesn't work. What do you say then? What, how can I be helpful but then also not exhaust myself in these situations as a partner and a parent to people with ADHD? First of all, you're you're tempted to just walk away in disgust and say, "Figure it out yourself," and go find another husband and another child. But failing that, if you decide that's not the route I want to take, then you do what I assume you have done. You you learn as much as you can. Uh, you recruit a support network of of similar people and experts and 
you know, you, you build up a support network as much as you can. You, you read books. You, you uh, well, you've taken another step. You, you've started teaching other people about it. So uh, you, you make it a, a subject of, of study. And this condition is very wonderfully interesting to study. Mm-hmm. The more you go into it, the more complicated it gets. And, and my most recent book, ADHD 2.0, I, I opened the book by describing the slew of contradictions that this this condition is full of it's consistently inconsistent. One one minute you're you're you can't pay attention, the next minute you're riveted in attention. One one minute you're not able to write a line, the next minute you're writing books. It's just just a, a constantly changing picture. There is embedded in this condition tremendous talent. Yes, there's also embedded uh, mistakes and whatnot, but I don't. I don't treat disorders. I help people unwrap their gifts. It, it takes a lot of work. It's, this gift does not unwrap itself. And, it, and if you don't provide that kind of support, structure, encouragement, that's the prison population. You know, the untreated ADD is, is way overrepresented in the prison population, the addicted population, the unemployed, the marginalized, the out of work, the, you know, the, the people who just can't find their way, get their act together. Without doing something about it, you're doing great harm to yourself. It's one of the reasons that we titled the book that we're working on ADHD is awesome because the word awesome is consistently inconsistent. Uh, if you, yeah, look, if you yeah. look it up in the dictionary, it doesn't just mean great, worthy of awe and admiration. It also means inspiring fear. Uh, it's yeah. something that you don't really understand. You mentioned the talent that is there and we try to harness that as much as we can, me and my family. They are wonderful allies when it comes to it because we've learned a lot about it. But the one thing I want to talk to you about that's hard it's hard for a partner to work with and it's even harder for someone who has it to deal with and that's shame you mentioned all of these things that society has said about ADHD and I felt real shame I mean your story is pretty amazing you you got pretty far compared to others but have you felt that shame and when you're coaching others how do you advise them to deal with it Oh, have I felt that shame? I feel it every day. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, uh, it's the micro moments. It's not the, on the big things I've excelled uh, academically. Uh, I've, I've been married for 35 years, uh, had three wonderful children. So the, the big items that you list, you know, I've, I've, I've been at the top. But it's the micro. It's the uh, forgetful. It's the, the saying the wrong thing. And particularly in today's world, where it's a gotcha world and a politically correct world and a world where one wrong word and you can be shunned, excluded, you know, so, you know, and, and, and I say wrong words every day, you know, it, it's just it, not on purpose, but that's ADD, you know, you, you, you speak before you think. Shame is a, is a completely wasted emotion. You begin by realizing that it does you no good and it does you immense harm. It lowers your self-esteem. It lowers your positive energy. You've got to do anything. Um, it, it, it makes you want to withdraw. It, it makes you angry and resentment to society at large and, and the people who are shaming you. So it, it's altogether a bad thing. No good comes out of it. The key thing is to know yourself and accept yourself as you are. I can't tell you how many women I asked to marry me on the first date. You know, and I think, I think, well, we're having a good time. Let's do this forever. You know, and, and uh, 
fortunately, none of them took me up on the offer. But uh, we are life enthusiasts, and that sounds good, and it is good, except when it isn't. And when it isn't is when you, you know, impulsively go for something that you shouldn't. And if you can like yourself enough to be real, to be who you are, not to feel that you have to pretend to be someone else. And that's a terrible problem in the world of ADD. Lots of people think in order to be successful, they have to, they have to develop a false self, an, an appropriate self, if you will. And, and that's just a shame because, you know, you, you want to live your life as yourself, not as, not as some mock-up of yourself. More on this after these words. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. Opening up to a therapist might feel uncomfortable, cathartic, exhausting, or even exhilarating. But one thing's for certain, if you keep talking or texting with a licensed therapist, you will gain insights and uncover truths that you can only find in therapy. Get those personal breakthroughs and judgment-free support by signing up for Talkspace. At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. There's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. It's mental health care made easy. Talkspace is also affordable and in-network with most major insurers. To celebrate May, Mental Health Awareness Month, and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering every listener of this podcast $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness to get $80 off your first month with code SPACE80 and to show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Holderness with code SPACE80. That sounds ideal for everyone, right? To be just to acknowledge that shame is not a useful emotion. So we're working on that. And I think that Penn, I know he definitely has moments where he's embarrassed that he's you know, left the keys on the top of the roof or into yeah, the, the micro stuff, or right? the, the, the micro stuff right. on a daily basis. So he's, he's working on that for sure. But also we do see the gifts, which are plenty around here. I'm new to all of this. And I, I know that coaching is a big part of your practice for, you know, for students, for adults in different stages in life. Can you clue me in and the people listening about the benefit of ADHD coaching and how it works exactly? Well, first of all, do you know 
the history of coaching for ADD. Do you know who invented it? I do not. I did. Yeah, that's that was going to be my first guess. <laughs> yeah, it, it, in Driven to Distraction, I, I said, uh, and this is 1994, these folks don't need a therapist so much as they need a coach. Now, they might need a therapist if there are emotional issues going on, but the, the overriding need is for someone to uh, help them ride herd on the details of everyday life, to sort of do what your mother used to do minus the nag factor. And, that, and, and that's what a coach is. It's, it's somebody who helps you, you know, plan your, what are you going to wear the next day? Or what obligations do you have coming up? Or when is that paper due? Or what are you going to say when you go to the board meeting? Or, you know, when was, when was your last dentist appointment? The things that we're liable to forget or put off a coach can just kind of help you set up and remind you. I mean, the the very things that get us into trouble because we forget them, well, the coach will set them up and put them in a planner and, you know, uh, bring them to you so you won't forget them. And also, the coach is a built-in encourager. We are prone to feeling terribly bad about life and about ourselves. And there are various reasons for that, but it, it's simply a fact that we can go into these moments, you know, of, of just hating ourselves and hating our lives and just feeling bleak and, 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 you know, they don't last all that long, maybe no more than 30 seconds, but they're very unpleasant 30 seconds. And a coach can be your, your sort of your abiding uh, source of encouragement, a source of positive energy. Mm -hmm. We, what we, what we tend to do is we lose perspective and all we see is the, the flawed person. And we just start feeling the shame that we just mentioned. We feel shame, guilty, we feel bad, we rue the day, you know, that we did X, Y, and Z. And, and we forget, we literally forget, you know, that we've ever done anything good in our lives. I don't have ADHD, but I feel like I need a coach for sure. <laughs> because I feel like I need all those things. But I definitely see the benefit of all of that. And I know you, you just brought up praise and you had a quote that said, when a child with ADHD receives a few words of praise, it's like drops of rain in the desert. And that almost brought tears to my eyes. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, I, I feel as if we tried to parent from a position of positivity, but I'm guessing, and from what you've just said, that's probably pretty rare that kids and Adults with ADHD probably hear more complaints than they hear praise, and that just that breaks my heart a little bit. Well, I'm glad it breaks your heart because it, it should. And and uh, if if the parents know about ADD, then they won't do that. I mean, we raised our children with praise all the time, and you're watering them in the desert, and they they're they're doing great now. They're they're three wonderful kids who who you know just wonderful personality. So. It's eminently preventable. Do you have children? You have boys. We have uh, a sixteen-year-old daughter and a thirteen-year-old boy. Okay. Did your boy read Captain Underpants? Yes. Yeah, and I know that oh, Dave okay. Pilkey's ADHD as well. Oh yeah, Dave Pilkey is a is a friend of mine, and he's an amazing, amazing man. He when he he went to a Lutheran school in the Midwest, and uh, his, his talents were drawing and making people laugh. Mm. And in the this Lutheran school, they didn't like that. Mm. He got this treatment up through high school. Wow. So not just as a first grader, as a 10th grader, 11th grader. It, it's just shocking. You hear it, but that's what happened to this guy. And it's amazing to me 
that not only is he not bitter, I mean, he's enriched the world. His books have sold over 100 million copies. Yeah. You know, and that poor, miserable headmaster who, who beat him with a board is, is probably dead now or, or uh, you know. You know <laughs> we're not petty at all that we're laughing about this. No, no, no. It's just, it's just uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a miracle that it, 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 he didn't destroy Dave Pilkey, but quite the opposite. He mm-hmm. Dave is just is just a, a just an angel in this world, but um, um, yeah, he is our get... he is our son's favorite author, very very favorite. He obsessed yeah. over all of it's, I think Dogman. He had a few other characters. Yeah, Dogman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so that, and that was also a point of connection, just knowing his ADHD. Um, so yeah. so praise makes sense for children, and I it's occurring to me as I sit next to my wonderful husband who has ADHD and yes, the, as, as a wife, it is very easy to focus on the things like he took both sets of my keys when he left the house. So I couldn't, you know, it's easy to focus on that stuff, but I probably should be also looking for areas of praise because there are many. So I, I, though I focus on praising my child, I should probably also work to do a little more praise of the hub. That's very sweet. But you did just sit down on this couch, which is onto a cup of coffee. It's a firm couch, (laughs) Ned. So I felt okay putting a cup of coffee on the couch, which looking back on it is just dumb on my part. So I'm just, I'm letting everyone know that for Kim to praise me, she does have to navigate a few uh, minefields yes. on the way there. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people make fun of uh, uh, the, the movement to praise children. And, and, and I'm not a big fan of everybody gets a trophy and that kind of thing. So these kids get the opposite treatment. They never get praised. Right. And, and they, they, really, they really have a their, – their deficit disorder is a praise deficit disorder. And, and what happens – is by the time they reach adulthood, most adults with ADD uh, can't accept praise. They, they'll smile and say, thank you. You'll say, oh, you're brilliant. And they'll say, you'll smile and say, thank you. But it didn't penetrate. It's like they've got, a, they've got an invisible shield that, these, that the praise and even the, the outright achievements bounce off of. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it's, I've written 24 books, and I don't, feel as if I've written any books. Mm. We have to learn to metabolize the praise and the achievements. We have to learn to do to the praise and achievements what we do to food. You know, we, we, we eat it, we take it in, we break it down into its component parts and chemicals, and then we send it through our bloodstream to every cell, every cell in our body. And that's what we need to do with it. Now, that's legitimate. People say, well, you don't want to become a selfish person. No, you don't want to pig out on praise. But at the same time, you don't want to starve yourself. And most people with this condition, we starve ourselves. That's a habit you really want to unlearn. And it's universal. It's rare to find someone with ADD who really knows how to receive and be nourished by their achievements and by praise. Your time's very valuable. Before before we let you go, I've got to ask you this. You are a doctor. You've been at this, as you said, for decades. You've written 24 books. You are prominent in the medical community and have connections in that community. 
How is it that they have not changed the name yet? I know you proposed. I know you proposed the name Vast, which is already better. It's the yeah. worst. It's the worst name there is. It's got three yeah. negative words. It's got deficit, hyperactivity, and disorder. It's like hitting a kid on the head three times with a hammer. And not only that, it's not even accurate. Right. We we, we have plenty have, of attention. We just we don't, don't have a we don't have a deficit of attention. We have an abundance of attention. Our challenge is to control it. You know, so so it's it's not only is it insulting, demeaning, and awful, it's wrong. I don't see it as a disorder. I see it as a trait because it can be turned into a tremendous special power. And hyperactivity is is usually not present in adults. So uh, it's it's a horrible term, uh, an inaccurate term. Why they haven't changed it, I, I don't know. I I don't have anything to do with that part of the field. You know, that that's up to the bean counters and. Um, and I'm I'm really not one of those, so <laughs> I, I don't want to work with them, and they would not want to work with me. <laughs> but do you not think about? I mean, the way that they've changed the, the term autism. I don't even want to say what it was. Maybe yeah. ten, fifteen yeah. years ago, the the medical community has made changes in other places, but not here. Yeah. No, they they really the only change they made was to stick the H in. Right, they added hyperactivity. Uh, right, Thanks. right, yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Uh, I don't know. Write, write to central, uh, <laughs> central office and say, can change the name? To whom yeah. it may concern. <laughs> right, right, right. A strongly yeah. worded email. And yeah. I do yeah. know you, you have seen tremendous change in the past 40 years. Do you feel like the stigma around this has changed? Uh, yes, slowly. Yeah. Absolutely. And the ignorance as well. Right. Uh, more people have heard of ADD. They still don't understand it properly, but they at least have heard of it. And uh, and more and more people are realizing that a lot of gifted people have it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's slow. It's, it's very slow, but but it is happening. And you know, um, but I still advise adults not to tell people in the workplace they have it oh. because most people will hold it against you. You know, they'll think you're unreliable. And, uh, you know, you're, you're not up to the task. So I say you can describe the condition. You can dry, describe the symptoms. I, I have trouble with being on time. I have trouble with organization, whatever. And I said, but always lead with what you're good at first. But don't use the term ADHD unless you really know the people and you really trust them. Because most people still think of it as very much a negative. That is that is very interesting. I, I I suppose because a lot of our world and works it, it surrounds the very very positive part of ADHD. So it is it is almost celebrated over here. But I forget there mm-hmm. is a real world out there in which all of those things oh. you would be punished for. Yeah, that's yeah, and the, these folks are are completely ignorant. But you know they can be brilliant people who yeah. are completely ill informed. Where do you guys live? We live in Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, well, you're you're getting down to primitive country. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I have to say that we have met a number of people that are usually older, but I call them ADHD deniers that will yes, just say, yeah. I, I mean, it just seems like everybody's diagnosed. They just slap a diagnosis on anybody for anything right now. Everybody's got right, ADHD right. nowadays. They think it's a big excuse. My favorite line is when they say, I just don't believe in it. Right. And my, my answer is it's not a religious principle. You know, it's it's not a matter of believing in it. It's a scientific fact. I mean, we've learned recently that those two things haven't been clearly delineated. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. 
we're excited for your next book. Your books have been very helpful, especially to me as I navigate how to support people in my life with ADHD. You have so many resources, including coaching. Can you, what, what is the best way for people to find you? To find me, it, it, it's, it's easy. Uh, my website is just drhallowell.com, D-R with no period, Hallowell. Um, all my books, um, you know, I have an office in New York City, an office outside of Boston, an office in Seattle, an office in Palo Alto, California. Any, any of those avenues, uh, you know, the books are, are the cheapest and most convenient way of getting what, what knowledge I have I've put into my books. And, uh, and the books are easy to read. They're, they're story books. You know, they, they'll tell you how to unwrap your gift or your child's gift. I love that framing of it, too. You're unwrapping the gift, not really focusing on the pathology of it yeah right 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 well you guys are doing great work it's wonderful well thank you and your guidance your guidance has been so valuable you know we're uh, we're all trying to do the same thing it seems like um yeah yeah i'm not quite an army out there now what i'm not a doctor but i'm i i think as the lab rat who has been observed and coached and advised by all of these great people in the medical community like we're really excited Mm -hmm. about what's going to come out of this. And it's, it's interesting. We, the book that we're writing has a little bit of a Dave Pilkey element to it that we're working on. There's a lot of sketches kind of in and out and we're trying to make it digestible so that, that a person with ADHD will feel like a, maybe an easier barrier to entry. And it sounds like you figured that out as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your your yeah, books no. are very um they're they're good for people with ADHD. <laughs> they, have, they have to be. Yeah. Yeah, well, one of the enduring principles that I've relied on is is there comes an age in your late teens, early 20s when it's time to stop trying to get good at what you're bad at and mm-hmm. focus on what you're good at. Amen. Uh, because you build a life on what you're good at more than getting better at what you're bad at. And um you know, so I've tried to focus on what I'm good at and then hire out or delegate the rest. And I think that's a life lesson for us yeah. all. And then in fact, you mentioned that in the seven habits of highly effective ADD yeah. adults, that's, right, I think that's right. number one. Um, yeah. And it's, we're trying to, and just the community we've created, but also in our house to really encourage what these brains are good at. And there's so many things. So, and you know, before I sign off, uh, for your listeners, you know, we've talked mostly about how to help people with ADHD, but don't forget to help the helpers. Yeah. Like, like you, you do so much for your husband, mm-hmm. but you, you need feeding too, you know, and, 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 I, and I can tell he's very grateful to you. He, he, he owned the fact that he sat on your coffee cup and, you know, it, it, it you need praise, you need thanks. Because it, 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 a lot of the caretakers, be they spouse or parent or teacher for that matter, can just feel run dry, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's important to pump them up, too. I love that advice. And I think um, <laughs> I think Penn heard it. So thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. And oh, I, I, I it was great to hear from you. We will be connecting website, books, all of that stuff in the show notes of this podcast. So okay. thank you. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thank you. Penn got to meet one of his ADHD icon heroes. How was that, babe? I love that he's buddies with Dave Pilkey. 
Yeah. I'm glad he told the story at the beginning. I know he said it wasn't representative about the fact that he was so uh, successful. He was a highly uh, achieving ADHD person. That can be representative. He's showing how he was able to use his talents to get to where he was. I think it's almost aspirational, and it's just the knowledge that, whether you're younger or older, that once you figure out the best way to harness your talents, you can be pretty great. He just, I think he just did it more naturally than most people did. Some of the blowback we get when we talk about, oh, ADHD is awesome, and talking about those positives is exactly what he said yeah it's ruined their life it's it's hard to hear but i know that it's true that you know marriages and lives are greatly impacted negatively Mm -hmm. um they're overrepresented in the prison population things like that so to say oh it's awesome it's it is hard to hear for somebody going and experiencing such the negative part of it but i agree with you hearing his incredible academic success and he is very, he's ADHD and dyslexic. I think it's, it's really yeah. aspirational. And he feels shame every day. And what was that like to hear that? Great. I mean, not that he, no, it feels great. Like I, if he had said, no, I don't feel shame. I, I, would, You'd feel I, more shame. I would feel more shame. So that was nice. I listen, he's, he's the OG. I don't know that if we told him that, that he would know what that means, but he is the OG of uh, ADD. And he's been battling the stigmatism and, uh, and all of that for decades. And I wish that I had picked up his book and not left it in the backseat of my car after I was diagnosed. But getting to speak to him now is, is fantastic. Thank you so much for listening. And again, um, we are hard at work this summer <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, writing our own book. I mean, again, uh, Ned's books are amazing. He has 24 of them. We are trying to put one into the universe that can be a resource for those with ADHD, those who are partnering and parenting with ADHD. And we're so excited about it. And we can't wait till it's in the universe. Uh, but until then, we love you. Have a great summer for, or, what, or what's left of it. Well, it's so funny because people up in the Northeast just got out of school. So we're saying what's left of it. What is it about the Northeast that they do summer later than us? Because it gets more, it's warmer later and they have like, it's more traditional to do it that way. But we've been out of school for a long time. Anyway, it feels like falls around the corner. Anyway, love you. bye. Bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.